Take your Bible tonight and turn to Psalms, Psalm 95. Look at verse 1 and 2. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Thanksgiving is not a once a year occurrence. Thanksgiving actually does not belong to the pilgrims. It doesn't belong to the Indians. Thanksgiving belongs to God. It's his, it belongs to him. And tonight for just a few minutes, I want to focus on this and what it really means to be thankful. I love turkey legs. If you love turkey, say amen. If you like ham better, say amen louder than those that said turkey. Okay, I get that. Have you had a turkey leg cooked appropriately with turkey gravy on the side? If you haven't, call me. I love being together at that table. I love family. I love what Thanksgiving means. I love looking around the table and seeing the evidence of God's blessings and his hands in my life. There's nothing more precious than sitting at that table with people I love that I know love me and enjoying the company and the fellowship together. There's nothing more precious. There are some people sitting here tonight when you go and you sit at Thanksgiving table this coming Thursday it will be absent of some people you truly love. And there will be a moment for obvious reflection and maybe even a touch of sadness and we miss them. But as Christians, we do not sorrow. We do not look with a perspective of those that do not have hope. We have hope because of who God is and what God is. We have hope because of Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished. And even in our pain and in our suffering, there's an opportunity for us to thank him and to praise him. Thanksgiving should be every single day of our life. And I'm not talking about the meal. I'm talking about the heart, the attitude. And this Psalm 95, O come let us sing unto the Lord, make us a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Folks who lose sight of just how blessed they are to be saved will lose sight of what it really means to be thankful, to be grateful, and to live in that heart of continual praise and thanksgiving. If God does not have preeminence, if he is not the priority in certain portions of your life, let's use our finances as one that we all love to sweat over and get heartburn over and lose sleep over, good old finances. But the truth is, any portion of my life that I have asked God to step out of the driver's seat or the pilot's chair, and I have put myself in that pilot's seat or in the chair of control and operation, then what I'm actually doing is robbing myself and robbing God of an opportunity to praise Him and thank Him. If I'm operating my finances in my home 
in a way that honors and pleases God, where he is in control of every dime that I have, that before I go $1,000 in debt, I pray over it. Before I go and buy a new house, I pray over it. Before I make any move, any job change that'll affect my bottom line, I pray over it. Before I give, before I tithe, before I set my faith promise, I pray over it and I involve the will of the Father in that setting. When I allow him there, then every day when I look at my checking account or I'm able to swipe my debit card and pay for my groceries at Publix or at Ingalls or at Bilo, I am given then an opportunity because God is in the driver's seat. I can say, hey, that wasn't at my hand. That was at the hand of a providing, loving God who allows me to operate that money that actually belongs to him. And as I swipe my card for anything, I can say, God, thank you that I have money to buy food this week. There are so many in the faith that do not. Lord, thank you for the gas that's in my car to be able to go to work. Well, you say, you went to work, you labored, it's your gas, it's your money. But if God's in the driver's seat, if he is in the place of priority, it's an opportunity for us to thank him and to praise him at every level in every aspect of our life. But where he does not have preeminence, where he does not have priority, then I lack the opportunity to praise him. He has to be in every aspect the priority. But let's back up to, let's talk, not stop talking about gas and groceries and, and paying our light bill. Let's just go back to our salvation. Simply our salvation. When was the last time you opened your mouth and said, Lord, thank you for saving me and mean it from your heart? Not just because someone else is listening. I'm talking about no one else. You're in the shower. You're driving down the road. You're getting ready for work. The kids are already gone. It's just you and God. And you open your mouth and say, God, thank you. I realize where I could be, what I could be doing, the drug I used to be on, the way I used to live my life. But the Holy Ghost of God came. He arrested me. He praised me. And now I will be thankful. And I will come into his presence with what? Thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. There's an opportunity every day when we get out of the bed to thank him, to praise him for the very first breath that comes out of your lungs. It belongs to him. Now give him praise for it. I get in a way, I did it this morning. He asked Miranda, things from yesterday that woke up with me this morning. And instead of choosing to be kind and sweet and the, the teddy bear that I am, I chose a different path. And before I could get my left and right eye open, I was in a tiz, upset over things that at the end of the day do not matter. And you know what I realized today? Instead of waking up with a positive outlook and a positive attitude saying, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for calling me to preach. Thank you for my beautiful wife. Thank you for those two little dogs that drive me crazy that live in my house, Lulu and Ruby who sometimes I wonder if Miranda loves more than she loves me. We'll deal with that with our therapist later. It's okay. But I can be thankful. I can be thankful. I have air in my lungs, blood in my veins, a mind that can think for itself. I have something to be thankful for. And instead of taking that opportunity to say, God, thank you for another day. I want to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. I woke up and all the burdens of yesterday, I put them on my shoulders and said, well, 
let's just pick up in this miserable disposition that we went to bed in. And what I did was rob God of what is due to him. His praise, his thanksgiving. Go to Psalm 100. I know Pastor Roy read this, but go to Psalm 104 and 5. Here it is again. And this is what we've got to get in our hearts tonight before we celebrate Thanksgiving. Psalm 95, 2 said, let us come before his presence with Thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse number four and five. It says, enter into his gates with what? Does it say burdens? Does it say supplications? Does it say needs? Does it say wants? Does it say desires? What are we to enter into with? With thanksgiving. And to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If this message had a title tonight, it would be titled, Holy Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Because that's exactly where we must start every single day of our life. Acknowledging who he is, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy Father, in Jesus' name, who is our advocate at the right hand of the Father, that's our access into the throne room, I thank you for what I have and for what you're going to give me. And instead of coming, starting out of the gate with more burdens, more problems, I'm gonna start by looking back at what you've already done. There's an order to how we are to ask him for things. There's an order uh, in coming into his presence. When's the last time you allowed yourself to sing in the car? In the car, I am basically Pavarotti. <laughs> Talented beyond anything you would ever imagine. I'm one of the best singers to ever touch the face of the earth in the car. But I have to make sure that both cell phones are not on a call that I'm not leaving somebody a message that they can use as blackmail later. And I have to make sure that my windows are up and that the highway patrolman sitting next to me is not listening to what I'm doing. But in that little setting where it's just me and the Lord, you know what I can do? I can sing a song that's from my heart straight to his ear and I can praise him. My drive-in is one of my favorite times. I love my alone time in the car with the Lord. And sometimes if I can't get anything else out, if prayer feels like it's nothing more than a, a sounding cymbal and it's just reverberating back in my ear, sometimes I turn on some music that's written and sung by godly people and I tear it up with them. And God winds up getting in my truck with me and riding all the way to this campus. And before I know it, all the burdens and all the worries of what I had been worrying about, somehow they've just disappeared. Why? Because I came into his courts, into his gates with praise and with thanksgiving. That's what he expects from us. Even when it doesn't feel like it, we must praise him. We must thank him. We don't just jump to our requests. It doesn't say that we jump to our needs. We start with a thankful heart. So here's my question to you. What are you truly thankful for? And then here's the second question. What should you be truly thankful for? If you're here tonight and you're married, say amen. amen. Miranda, say amen. Amen. If you're here tonight and you have the blessing of your spouse sitting next to you in church, you have been blessed and you should be thankful because there are some of our brothers and sisters that are here tonight and their spouse is not with them because they are gone. They're in heaven. 
There are some folks in here tonight, their spouse won't come with them to church on Wednesday night. And yours is. And if you have nothing else to praise God over but your salvation and the one that he's given you to put up with you and love you, then you ought to say, praise God for my husband, for my wife that God gave me. He said, well, I can't really be thankful for her right now. She is driving me crazy. Well, it could be that you're in the last few years of being together. You do not know what tomorrow holds. You do not know what next week holds. We are not promised another second, another moment on this earth. Once appointed unto men to die, there is a day coming for all of us. If you've got a husband, if you've got a wife, there are plenty of people that would tell you, cling to them, be quick to forgive them, be quick to overlook their imperfections and love them and be thankful for them. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all imperfect. We all needed a savior. Maybe your husband is not what you want him to be. Pray for him, but be thankful that you have him. Your children may be giving you grief. They may be giving you the, the, the roughest six months of your life. And there's a big difference in 14 years old and 16 years old. And you're holding on for dear life. And you don't know what to do with that kid that you can't recognize anymore. Thank God that he's entrusted you with his treasure to safeguard. And thank him for your children. Thank him for your church. Thank him for this beautiful tabernacle of the mountains that he has given us and that we owe not one single dollar to a single man, a single bank, a single person in this world. We are debt free. Somebody say amen. amen. We can thank him. We can praise him. You can thank him for someone to stand behind the pulpit and preach the word of God. We say, well, my pastor's not perfect. No, he's not. But we can pray that he will preach the word and pray for him and be thankful that God's still calling men to preach the word of God. Amen. We can be thankful. Jump right into thanking him and praising him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is one of the most difficult verses in all of scripture. It says, in everything, give thanks. This isn't an afterthought. This is in everything. What does everything mean? In everything. Everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? Concerning you. Who's he talking to? The church, the children of God. In everything. What does that mean? How can that be possible? This means that we do not have to wait for the perfect moment. Sometimes we're waiting for that moment where everything is settled and everything is fixed and everything's back to normal and then we can come to church and we kind of prep ourselves. We're gonna come in on Sunday morning and we're gonna give God praise, glory, and honor for what he's done. This says in everything give thanks, even in turmoil, even in pain, even in moments in time in life that you do not understand. The Bible's clear. It's an opportunity for you to give thanks. Give him thanks. You don't have to wait for that perfect time. You do not even have to wait for those prayers to be answered. You can say, by faith, Lord, I believe your word and I believe you're going to answer my prayer and I'm already giving you praise. I'm giving you thanks for what you're going to do. You give a down payment. Psalm 100, that second verse, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, these Psalms, they've given us some 
very clear indications on what Christians should look like and what Christians should say. What we should do with our lives. We should worship. We should come with joy, with thanksgiving, and with praise. You say, that's not real deep preaching. The problem is we don't do it. That's the problem. Christians have separated themselves from the attitude and the action of continual praise and thanksgiving. Our culture is very much to blame for this. Our culture pushes us to point to what we do not have. What we do not have. We're so materialistic in this culture in America. We're about rotten. We're about rotten. We live so differently as Christians in this country than Christians literally everywhere else in the world. You live, I know things are happening, I know we're losing liberty, I know there are things that we must pray for, there are things that we must vote for in context of our faith, but we are still the most free people on earth to do what we want with our Bible, with the gospel, and with our own mouths. We still have that. Now that assault is coming, but if we lose sight of what is important and we stop thanking him, we stop praising him for what he's given us, then when the time comes to actually fight for that freedom, to fight for the right of your religious liberty, no one's going to care enough to stand up for it. But if you stay thankful, if you stay grateful, if you keep pointing back to what God's given, then when the time comes and you see that it's very possible you could lose it, You'll be willing to pray for it. You'll be willing to fight for it because you'll know that it comes from God. So when you sit around the Thanksgiving table this Thursday or this Wednesday night, whenever you're going to do your Thanksgiving with your family, look at the turkey, look at the dressing, look at the macaroni and cheese, the deviled eggs, the green bean casserole, the cranberry sauce, the rolls, the gravy, the pumpkin pie, the pecan pie, the greens, the slaw. Look at all that. Beans, look at all of it and say, Lord, thank you. Then look at those that are at the table, those imperfect family members and say, Lord, thank you. Then I want you to look up at the ceiling. I want you to feel the warmth of the room that you're sitting in. I want you to look up and say, Lord, thank you. Then I want you to look at the receipt that's in the drawer next to the refrigerator that bought all those groceries, all those fixings. And look at that receipt and say, Lord, thank you. Then I want you to be cleaning up your, your Thanksgiving meal and putting all of that in the dishwasher and loading the leftovers up in the refrigerator and, and everybody sitting down in the living room and having a conversation about something other than politics and money and life and point back to the God that gave you everything that's represented in that room. And together as a family say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done, for what you've given. It's an opportunity to praise him. I could stand here all night long and I could take a lot of time to categorize and to list all the things I'm thankful for. But the Lord had a different plan tonight. Michael Otar, let me borrow you for a moment, please, sir. I want you to hear from some Christians that I love, that I trust. 
And I want Mike just to take whatever, 30 seconds, two minutes. He's going to kill me later. If I go missing, Tiffany, you got my back. Thank you. We're at home. This is, this is family. And uh, I just want you to take a few minutes and I'm going to stand here with you. Okay. I'm not going to leave you solo. Just tell the church family, you got to get that mic into your face. Real yeah, this is un- uncomfortable for me, but I'll do my best. Um, so I'm Michael, for those that don't know. Um, this evening, it's funny how the Lord works, but this evening, right before we came here, uh, Tiffany and I, my wife Tiffany and, and our four kids got an opportunity to go to the Western Carolina Rescue Mission on Patton and serve the people there. Um, and we've done this several times, but for whatever reason, tonight was different for me because uh, for the men's Thursday night Bible studies, we've been doing, going over the catechisms. And the second catechism, I, I just can't stop thinking about and it's the, what's, what's the chief end of man? Or what's the chief goal of man? And the answer is, our chief goal are, is to glorify God and to live our life to that end. And so as I was sitting there serving them, you know, and you feel uncomfortable, there's, there's people that are just coming off the streets, right? And so I'm looking at them thinking, what... Why am I any different than them? Like, why am I not in their place? And there's not really a good answer for it other than, you know, God's grace. And I started in that moment glorifying him for what I was given, which was my nice jacket I have on and my shoes and my house. And it sounds so petty in some ways because we just say, what are we thankful for? But... um that idea of that thankfulness, that gratitude is rooted, is the foundation of, of, of glorifying him. Amen. And as I dug deeper into that thought, and this is what I was, that's <laughs> so funny. I, was, I came Thursday night and I was going to share some of these things and I wimped out. I didn't even come in here. I was such a wimp. Um, and now here I am talking in front of the whole church, but... Um, <laughs> The Lord has a way of paying you back. But what I began to realize, and, and I'm getting very um, kind of deep here. Oh, thank you. Um, is that you can glorify something or someone, but you have to have love before you can glorify that thing. So we can glorify, we can have praise to the queen or to the king, but you don't have to necessarily love that person. But for Christ, where real the glory is rooted is in the idea of loving him first. And before love evens there, you have to have obedience. <laughs> and so analyze yourself, look at yourself and figure out why am I loving Christ? Is it out of obedient heart? And then if that's the case, then you truly love him. And then that leads into the glorifying part. And it just all flows. There is no work that has to be involved. It just is an outspring of joyfulness. I love you. Sure. Thank you, Mike. Let's give him a hand. Let him know how much we love him. Thank you, Mike. Where's Miss Donna Rue? Let me borrow you, Miss Donna. Miss Donna, life's not been perfect 
last 10 years been tough dying in June. That's a blessing. Come up here and tell us about it. Take two minutes. First of all, I want to thank the Lord for my salvation. Amen. Was not worthy, but He was. And then I'd have to thank Him for my precious daughters. And I've got precious son-in-laws. I want to thank the Lord for the gift of life. He brought me from death in June back to life and I thank him for that I praise his holy name he's faithful I'm grateful for his faithfulness to me there's so much there's just so much I want to thank the Lord my husband or myself either one were really raised in church we didn't know to pray for our mates had no idea to pray for our mates but God helped us both to find the right person. Our girls have never not been in church, and it's all God. Hey. Jerry had never has never been to church with his mother and daddy, but God just right off the reel, God got my, me and Jerry faithful to church and faithful to our children, bringing our children to church. I'm sorry. I love you, Miss Donna. Thank you for sharing your heart. Let her know how much you love her. Praise the Lord. Thankful to be alive. There's some of you that have that same story. There's some folks in here, you got COVID. And the doctor told your family that you were not going to survive. And here you are. God wasn't done. He healed you. Instead of calling you home to heal you, He healed you here. God doesn't waste a single moment, a single pain, a single tear. It's like Michael said, you got to love Him then you can glorify Him in obedience and He'll get every ounce of your life what He wants out of it. What a Doug guy. I want to borrow you for a moment. I love this man. I love his heart. One of the greatest testimonies that this church has ever seen. I told this to our staff. Come here, Brother Doug. One of the greatest testimonies our church has ever seen is the way that Brother Doug has continued to love and serve in the music ministry here at Trinity Baptist Church, helping Brother Arthur get off the ground with everything that he does and continuing to work in family care, do what he does. And I trust him. I trust him. And listen, life's not easy. Life's not perfect. Life's not always fair. But God sustains us for exactly what we need when we need it. And I can't think of a better person in my life that's lived that out better than you have. And I want you tonight, take two minutes, and I just want you to thank the Lord for whatever's on your heart. Just, just thank you. To God be the glory. Like Miss Donna, I know it's not me, you know. Sometimes I scratch my head and I, I think to myself, why do I do this? Why have I done this all these years? What's behind it? There's not a secret fund somewhere where money's going into it, and I'm, or there's a gun to my head making me do the things I do. But what? So why? Why do I do it? And I come to the conclusion it's bigger than me. I took uh, 
Matt Megan's little brother, he's living with us for the time being, and his car had been wrecked, so I was taking him to work the other day. I passed the church not far from where he works, and I pulled in there, and I had to wait on him and pick him up. And sitting in the parking lot of that church, I looked up and I thought, that's where I got saved. 1969, a revival was going on at that church. This evangelist was preaching. I could call his name. You, some of you would know him. He was up and he was preaching the gospel. And I remember that night, He changed me forever. I was 11 years old. What in the world have I done? And yet God, in all his wisdom and power and Godhood, he came down and sought me out. And I can never remember a day in my life that God was not pursuing me. And why do I do what I do? I do what I do because He lives in me. And to God be the glory, great things He has done. I love you, Brother Doug. Appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Miss Debbie McCoy, where are you at? Listen, y'all, if I go missing, check this list. I'll help you up. You're welcome. I want you to take this mic. I just want you to brag on Jesus. Whatever's on your heart, what you're thankful for. I'm so thankful for so many things that it would take a very long time. But I was asking the Lord what He wanted me to tell our church family that I'm thankful for. And He um, reminded me of um, where I was this, this Sunday morning, getting ready. I was a little discouraged. And um, Terry and I have had some great loss. And we've grieved parents and I was just a little sad thinking God I trust you and I've told people how faithful you are and I know that to be true because you've been so faithful to us and you've given grace that goes beyond what we can even understand and I got here to church and I was sitting back there in my office at my desk and um, I was doing some things for Pastor Ralph and God said to me, so sweet, how he talks to me. He said to me, I want you to pray for our preacher boy. I said, Lord, I'm praying for him. And I'm thinking, I'll go back to writing. And he said, I want you to pray for our preacher boy this morning. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And I stopped and I prayed at my desk, but that's not what he said to me. He said, I want you to go in there in that family care room and I want you to pray for my preacher boy. And he was in here preaching. 
So um, I prayed, I stood there in that room and I prayed and the sweet Holy Spirit met with me in that room. And I opened that door, y'all, and he was standing up here preaching and a breath from heaven came through that door. The sweetest presence of the Lord came through that door. And I told Pastor Winston later, I tried to explain it to him, but I said, it was like I just melted that sweet presence of the Lord. And God said, if you're going to obey me, you got to obey what I say. And that he had that blessing for me when I came through that door, the sweet Holy Spirit. And he gave me peace in my heart that he's going to take care of us. And he's going to be faithful. And he is faithful. And he's going to preach his preacher boy. And we're supposed to hold him up. And we're supposed to beg God to be on him and the presence of God to be on him. And I'm so glad for the opportunity. And what I can't get over is that he would even speak to me. But he did, and I'm grateful, and I'm so thankful. And I'm thankful for my pastor. I was here when he got here. Me and Terry, we were here when he got here. And God had his hand on him. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Happy Thanksgiving. Boys, let's help her down, please, Gabe. Andrew Weinbarger. Yalayim Shihabibi. Vengaki. Come here, buddy. Again, if I go missing. I sat in my office this afternoon. I have my outline. It's about seven pages. I was going to keep you all three and a half hours. And the Lord said, hit delete. I took a pen out and wrote these names down. I'm just minding the Lord. Andrew, God's brought you home full time now here to Asheville out of Brown Summit. You're here. You're settled, kind of. And a lot of stuff happens in the back and on computers and different things that people will never see. Uh, you have a different ministry perspective than I do. I preach to who's sitting here and I get the opportunity to look at a camera, but you have a different perspective for ministry and even for life. And you love this church, you love the Lord. And I want you to just give us a minute of what you're thankful for. Where's Emily at? Emily, stand up. That's his beautiful wife, Emily. We're glad you're home. Finally. Finally. Just thank the Lord for what he's done. Well, I'm thankful that I uh, get to come and work with my absolute best friends on the planet. I get to work with Pastor Winston and Pastor Nathan. And growing up in the youth group, I would have never thought that we would have all been here serving together and on the same team. And it's an honor and a privilege to have grown up here and know so many of you and have so many wonderful memories of being a little kid and a teenager and just the full circle to come home and be here and I'm thankful for a mom and a dad who brought me to church when I was little when I didn't want to come drug me to church many many times uh, and who stayed here in town instead of pursuing job opportunities and things other places it's um, it is been a wonderful life and I'm so thankful to have all the friends and family 
and just to be here and to grow and travel with Brother Ralph for all these years. It's, he's my grandfather. I never had a close relative grandfather down here. Mine lived three and a half hours away. And he has been my grandfather for many, many years. And I love him. And I'm so thankful for him and for my church family. And for you, buddy. Buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Miranda Parrish. Yella. No preaching, they'll put me in a magazine. Just share your heart. Share your heart. Brag on the Lord. Well, like everybody else, I could stand up here for a long time and just brag on the Lord of what I'm thankful for and what the Lord just put on my heart a few seconds ago was um, I'm thankful for a girl named Molly when I met when I was probably about 12 or 13 years old. And we were, I forgot what class we were in. It was a middle school. And I don't even know how we got on the topic, but we just started talking about Jesus. And I had been in church before. My grandmother had taken me and but we just started talking about Jesus and she just laid out the full gospel in front of me. And I just was like, wow, nobody has ever said that to me before. I've never, you know, known Jesus to, you know, go to the cross for me and for my sin. And I knew in that moment, I said, wow, I got to have that. I don't have that and I must have it. And I didn't, I didn't have the courage to say right then and there to her, I need to be saved. But that home, I heard that night I went home and I just remember being in my little bed and I just called upon his name and I can remember it like yesterday. And I struggled for so long because I didn't get saved in a church or at a revival meeting, but it was in my bed at home and it was sweet and it was tender and the Lord spoke to me in such a sweet way. And he gave me peace about five years ago at home (laughs) and said, I saved you that night and you need to quit worrying about it. You're not perfect, never will be on this side of heaven, but I called upon your name and you answered. And I'm just so thankful for that. And second of all, (laughs) I'm just so thankful (laughs) for this church. I can't say thank you enough to each and every one of you of just supporting me and him. It's not easy. (laughs) If you would have told me 10 years ago I'd been a pastor's wife, I'd said, you're lying. (laughs) There is no way. I told him when we got together, I said, don't even think about it. Don't even go there. But Lord has a a sense of humor, and he called both of us. He can't just call one of us. He had to call both of us. And again, I'm just, I'm thankful for all that he has done and what he's going to do. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, baby. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Can't do that till you're married. Did you hear me, Gabe? What you read for? Where's his mom and daddy? They're not here. Good. Aren't you thankful for church family? I thank the good Lord. Thankful for our pastor's wife. She said, if you ever call me the first lady, I will 
slash your tires. You're not Bush and I'm not Barbara, but she is the pastor's wife here. And I love her heart. And I love that she embraces her call. Colby Ledford. Yalla. Thankful for Colby Ledford. Uh, you haven't seen a lot of Colby here lately because Colby's been on the road with our Pastor Emeritus. And whenever we began the process of transition, uh, my life had revolved around taking care of Pastor Ralph, serving with him, ministry, going on the road. I had been on the road in one way or another since I was five years old with my granddaddy. That's not evangelistically speaking, as some people would like to say. We're talking about a lifetime. And the only thing that worried me about coming off the road, if you will, is who is going to look after this great man of God? Who's going to love him? Who knows? Who's going to learn how to make his coffee and care enough to know that once you've put in too much cream, just remake the coffee? Who's going to love him that way? And God already had Colby waiting in the background. And Colby has stepped up to the plate. He has traveled hundreds of thousands of miles on plane, car, and train with Ralph Sexton Jr. And he has loved him. He has cared for him. And Colby, I love you. And I respect you. And you're 26, getting ready to get married. God's got his hand on you. And he's going to use you. You just stay faithful. And Miranda and I are praying for you and Maggie, your future. But I want you to testify, brag on the Lord, take a minute or two. Just thank Him for what He's done. Amen. Well, it's good to be on the winning team. It's good to be on a team here at Trinity. And uh, as Pastor Winston said, it's been an honor and a privilege to serve Brother Ralph. And uh, serving him this year, uh, with him this year, the biggest thing I could be thankful for is a church. You say, well, of course. But you go to all these different churches and all these little little churches that have those things that we take, that don't have those things that we take for granted each and every week. And you see the little broken lives and you see just people that need help that is, is bigger than a man can give. And I get to watch uh, our pastor emeritus week in and week out love on people who uh, many people couldn't love on. And it's been an amazing journey. Did 50,000 miles on the car this year. Did uh, quite a bit in the air. And the Lord has been good. Kept us safe. That's a big thing in this day and hour as he is sleeping, he's trying to stay awake. Uh, Lord's been good to us, church. And uh, this is a place where you need to be thankful for because even evangelists from every other state can always call Trinity home. And that's one thing special we have here. And I'm thankful for the influences in my life. I'm thankful I have many that I could call names. Thank Pastor Allen for having a big part of my life. Thank about Terry McCoy had a big part in the ministry I have now, teaching me and training me how to love our Pastor Emeritus and teaching me how to um, be pure and humble in that situation. Thankful for him and many, many others. I won't name no more names. Thank you for the opportunity to brag on the Lord, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Love you, Colby. Miss Angie, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for playing that piano. 
Are your hands tired yet? Not yet. All right. Well, I love you, church, and I'm thankful for you. And I want the word of God. I want prayer. I want you to try your best this Thanksgiving. Maybe start a new tradition and ask the Lord to do something special in your home and really thank him for what he's done. Thank you for everybody that shared their heart and opened up. I appreciate that. Michael, you did a wonderful job. Thank you very much. Lord's good to us around here. And now we're going to open the altar and we're going to have our Thanksgiving prayer. And if you've got something to be thankful for and you have a body that's able to move, I want you to find a place on this altar. If you're thankful and you can't move, God knows, stay seated, stay in your chair and pray right there. But I think it'd be important that we close tonight's service with a season and a heart of thanksgiving. Let's come now and have our Thanksgiving prayer of dedication. Thank the Lord for all he's done. For our spouse, our children, our church. For the sweet Holy Ghost of God. Holy Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come back into your presence. God, upon the authority of your word, God, with great confidence, we come into your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. And we say, thank you, Lord, and praise the Lord for your mercy and your goodness in our life. Lord, I thank you for my beautiful wife who loves you and who follows you. God, that you've called, that you are using. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful church that you've given us, each and every family. God, for every deacon, for every person on the leadership team, for our staff, our pastors, their wives and their children. Lord, we thank you for the ability to preach the word of God without fear and without favor. God, it can only come for you. God, nothing that we have, nothing that we possess was given to us at our own hand. But Lord, we know that every good and every perfect gift is from above. And we thank you for our blessings. Lord, we pray for everyone that's next door, for every pastor, for every team member and staff member, volunteer, God, that's serving in the ministries next door. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would keep them. God, for every child that's downstairs, God, we pray a prayer of protection. God, we ask at a young age you would do something in their heart, plant the seed, and God, give the increase. Lord, we trust you. We thank you for what you are doing in those ministries. And we ask you to move in a mighty and a powerful way. God, I thank you. I thank you for those that are serving tonight. Lord, for Pastor Nathan, who's preaching the word of God. Lord, I thank you for him. God, for Pastor Will, who has planned and prepared and prayed over every aspect of everything that's happening, I thank you for him. God, for Brother John, for Miss Ashley, and all those that are working with them, we thank you for people to invest in our families. And Lord, we thank you for what we experience today. God, our heritage keepers, these beautiful gray-haired saints of God, God, that have paved the way for us to live in the blessing. God, for us to live in an olive grove full of trees that bear fruit. Lord, we're enjoying fruit from trees we did not plant, a harvest for which we did not labor. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. Now, Lord, we've thanked you, we have praised you, and now we bring forth our supplications. And God, we pray for this church. We pray for the future of this church and the stability of our family of faith. God, we pray over the finances of our church. God, you know the need, you know what we have to have. And God, I pray that you'd bring it in. Lord, that we'd be able to beautify the campus that belongs to you, to fix the items that are broken. 
Lord, you put in our hearts $100,000. If it be your will, bring in $200,000 and God will give you praise, glory, and honor. We trust you, we believe you, and we're asking of you from a heart of gratitude for what you have already done. Lord, we say happy Thanksgiving. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From our hearts to your ears, we want you to know how much we love you. We love you, dear Jesus. Thank you for your presence here on Sunday. The encouragement you gave the saints. God, do it again this coming Sunday. Encourage your people. Give them what they need. Answer their prayer. Give them the faith to believe great and mighty things in the name of Jesus. And let them see them come to fruition in your timing and in your perfect will. Bless us and keep us. And it's in the name of Jesus we say together as a church, amen and amen. Happy Thanksgiving. I love you. Don't burn the turkey. If you fry the turkey and it catches on fire, do not use water. You will have a house fire and not a turkey fire. Be safe. Wash your hands. The flu is alive. Enjoy the goodness and the mercy of God. Go get your children. It's time for choir practice. Make your way up. Happy Thanksgiving and God bless you.